This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's one of the top 10 industries in America. We need to advocate consumer choice in a competitive market. And if we don't do what is pro-consumer and pro-aftermarket, the dealers will get all the business. From the Aftermarket Radio Network, Carm Capriato here. And in today's episode, I'm with Bill Hanvey, CEO of the Auto Care Association. Paul McCarthy is here, CEO of the Automotive Aftermarket Suppliers Association, AASA. And Ryan and Andrea Goff, shop owners that went to Washington to speak to their representative and to show support for the Right to Repair initiative. Have you signed the petition? Go to RepairAct.com. So easy to tell your congressperson that you support the Right to Repair. Stay tuned. This is a very important episode that affects all of us. Hey, thanks to our partners, Shopware and Delphi Technologies. Now, why wait to order parts until a car is in your shop? With Shopware, you can see if you're short on a certain part before you even open the RO and pre-order so that you never have to wait. Talk to my great friends at GetShopware.com. Trust in the aftermarket supplier that makes the parts cars are born with. With over 100 years of OE heritage, Delphi Technologies quality parts gives you peace of mind. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com. Ryan and Andrea Goff are here from Rogers Tire Pro and Auto Care in uh, Caldwell and Meridian, Idaho. Two shops. Yeah, correct. Same Thank business you for since, having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Carl. Same business, business since 1978. I love the, if you will, the slogan on the website, love the drive. I chair the... Uh, Board for uh, our council for tire pros, and we worked uh, for quite a while on on that. I mean, I guess you know when you look at it, it's kind of simple, but it's kind of amazing how long it takes eight members to sixteen members to come up with a slogan. So we're kind of proud of it. Well, that's like a government committee, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> except we didn't have as many shovels. People leaning on shovels for quite as well. So that's like trying to make a decision on right to repair. That's another task in itself, which I'm glad to be talking about. So glad you're here. Paul McCarthy is with us, president of AASA, the Automotive Aftermarket Suppliers Association. Hello, Paul. Hi, Carm. Hello, everyone. Glad to have you here. I know I know. all of the associations have so, so much going on, and we sure do appreciate it. And uh, one of our guests who's not here yet is the CEO of the Auto Care Association, and that would be Bill Hanvey. And kind of Bill, if you will, may take center stage in all of this stuff because there's a whole bunch of things going on in our industry that we're paying close, close attention to. One of them is the tech shortage. We do a ton of stuff on the podcast about that. Everybody has their opinion. And and I believe working hard toward helping to solve it. And that begets seeding our own ranks and talking to the kids in school. We've done a lot of episodes on that and building and creating a apprentice programs, and also trying to crash through the perception of our industry with many of the parents out there. Hello, should we mention EVs and where that may be headed and the political pressures that are going on with all of that? And then I think, and it's not necessarily in any hierarchical order, but the right to repair is up there because I think that has so much to do with all the things that we're going to do in the future. I don't care if it's EV or ICE engines, just doesn't matter. It's a critical component of us moving forward down the road and, you know, and how Washington works, guys. And that's one of the things that I want to know. One of the reasons that Ryan and Andrea are here is they went to Washington. And while we're still waiting on Bill, Ryan, Andrea, give us your uh, your experience and why that happened and how it happened. As I mentioned earlier, I, I chair the, the council for tire pros as our kind of as the, the lead representative 
just as you were talking to uh, Carm, speaking to the hot topics in the industry, obviously this is one of the keys. And to that point, Tire Pros was willing to step up and said, hey, we know as a whole bunch of independent dealers that this is uh, something that is uh, huge in our industry and across all of our states, we need to step up and do something about it. And so they helped give us the opportunity to get back there and a group of us went back there and were able to get in front of our representatives and and had very good feedback amongst everything. And and we met with, uh, I'll let Andrea preach, she's probably a little bit better remembering uh, some of the representatives that we met with, but we went, met with uh, about 20 representatives and, and had great feedback. So that's kind of how we ended up back there. How hard was it to get an appointment? We didn't really have to deal with that end of it. That was taken care of for us. We met with about 20 to 22 different representatives, which were senators and congressmen alike. I'm just so glad you guys were doing that. I mean, that's exactly what we need is to put, you know, service professionals in front of our Congress people so they understand the jobs you create, the businesses you own, all the things that you do for every motorist who's their constituents. And Andrew said they didn't have to set it up, but associations like ours and others set it up. It's not hard. These Congress people want to talk to people who employ people in their district. They want to hear about this stuff, but we got to make sure our voices are yeah, that's exactly right, Paul. And to that point, that's really a lot of the feedback that we heard, you know, on, on both sides of the aisle. It's because it really is a bipartisan bill that most everybody is behind. It's just getting the info out to them so they can have an educated decision on it. The whole goal, there's a House bill sitting there. Uh, we were trying to get uh, a co-bill started in the Senate. You know, the way Washington works is they wanted it to go through a committee first so that they didn't have to, to commit the resources in their office to get the bill started. I can see Bill laughing at that. He obviously knows. That was the goal. Had very good feedback from, you know, senators uh, that they definitely believed in it. You know, one of the comments was, hey, I'm totally on board with you, so what do you want to argue about? You know, so it was a lot of it. It was just more of a conversation of, you know, how we arrived there and and uh, they were appreciative that we put the effort out to get there. Bill, I know you're begging at the bit to, to come on. Locally, could be just as effective and uh, save you a trip to Washington, especially if you're out anywhere on the West Coast, get on an airplane and go to Washington. No, call the local office. Hey, when's my representative in town? I know he works for me. I'd like to come and see him or invite him to my place. And you know, there's 535,000 locations uh, in our industry. And um, just imagine the power of, of those individual locations. But each of those individual locations employ people. Each of those individual locations employ voters. Exactly. Each of those individual locations pay taxes. And, and that's what gets politicians' attention in terms of, you know, and, and not only that, but they like to learn about technology as well. They're consumers as well. And I think that that sometimes gets missed in the whole equation that when we talk to representatives, it's basically a sales call. And the individuals, they're human. Uh, they're interested in their constituents for the very most part. They like to see what's happening within their particular district. That's why I think it's so powerful. And that's why Paul and I advocate so much uh, for people to become involved locally. And I just think that's so important for us as Americans, not just as uh, shop owners or, or representatives of the industry. Thanks for that passionate plea, Bill. Paul? 
having folks come out to your facility locally. They want to do that. They want to go out and see voters. They want to see people employing. That's an incredibly powerful thing to do. And then they'll see every vehicle that comes into your shop matters. And they can only come into your shop if this issue gets passed and if they support it. And that's incredibly powerful. Also, I think you're going to throw in the graphics afterwards. It's much better to have them in person and have that face-to-face. We all know how powerful that is. But we'll also have a logo a little QR code that you can just scan with your phone. Oh, there it is. Great. And you can then send a letter to your Congress people. It's incredibly easy these days. It's kind of pre-populated. It tells you who's the right people. You click a button or two and bang, you can have your voice be heard on this issue. Look at guys, every episode that Paul and Bill, we've done together and we've done a bunch on this particular topic. We've always put the link to repairact.com, which is what that QR code is all about. It starts with you signing the app, you know, the petition. The beauty of this whole thing, you don't have to know where to send it. You just put it in, put your zip code and bam, it knows where to send it. I just love that part. It makes being politically active easy. Yeah, and from my understanding, I, I you know, obviously you, you met some fellow friends and stuff like that at the Napa Auto Care show. And I think uh, you guys obviously had a great setup there for allowing people to get on there. And so any way that we can advocate for this and, and Andrea had done some social media posts and that it's amazing when consumers find out how they're kind of being funneled to one location, how put off they are really. And I think as business owners, if we could let the consumer actually be more of a representative for us, I think that would just go just as far as as, uh, you know, us stepping up by ourselves. Andrea, I'd love to talk to you. If there's anything you could send me, I would put it into the show notes for this episode where someone says, okay, yeah, I got to do this. What should I put in there? Should I put the QR code? Should I put a link? And, and maybe you can help many of the shop owners get started with the social media thing. Correct. And I think the easier, the more streamlined people that jump on and do it. Talk to a lot of people that, like Ryan said, weren't really aware of any of these issues. Um, and we put out some information where they could actually just hit the website, go to it. And there was great response to that. She brings up such a great point. People that don't aren't aware of this. Bill, you've been in the press like so much in the last month about what's going on in Mass, uh, what's going on in Washington. You can't overlook these articles that are being written in bills contributing to Bill. You've been on podcasts talking about this. Thank you for all that you're doing, Paul. I know you're doing the same thing. Thank you, Ryan and Andrea, for what you're doing. But, Bill, can you give us an update uh, with just something just happened in Washington a couple of days ago? I think you were out of town, but you probably know what's going on, right? Take us back to Massachusetts here and give us an update there. On the Massachusetts side, as I hope most of the listening audience knows, uh, we did pass the Right to Repair Act in November of 2020, and that called for the ability to be able to access uh, standardized data at the point of the vehicle, uh, telematics data. Uh, it was approved by 75% of the voters. Uh, we didn't lose a county, and this was despite the fact that we were the victim of a $30 million smear campaign by the automakers saying that, you know, shop owners like Ryan and Andrea were not uh, capable of accessing this information cyber securely. Well, again, we won that. We won the ballot question. However, several days after the voters spoke, the automakers um, filed a lawsuit against the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. 
to say two reasons that the law was null and void. A, that the automakers could not comply with the 2022 adherence date that was part of the law. And number two, that there was some type of federal preemption to this law where there was a federal law or a federal statute that superseded this law. So we went to court in June of 21. We provided expert uh, testimony along with the attorneys general's office. We did a really nice job defending our case in a federal court in Massachusetts. The judge delayed his, his decision five times on this hearing. Uh, last week, we finally did get um, some movement from the judge and he asked for two things. Number one, he asked for the attorney's general's office and for the automakers uh, to give their interpretation of the law and add any additional information that may be required to interpret that law. Number two, uh, he asked what the automakers have been doing to adhere to the law or at least, you know, working towards adherence to the law in the interim uh, since the law was passed. And I love this line by the judge. The judge said to the automakers, if you've been whistling past the graveyard during this time period, you very well might find yourself in the graveyard. You know, it gave us some chance for optimism. The attorney's general office has been trying to work with the automakers. They are not going to provide any additional information to the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. They are using a delay tactic uh, in order to just continually push the decision uh, for this hearing uh, further down the road. It's going to be an interesting next uh, two to three weeks in terms of uh, what's going to take place. But generally, the automakers are not providing uh, the information that the judge is seeking uh, for this case. Why it's so critical that we have to pay attention to that case, Paul? So on the federal side, I think the big word is momentum. We have a lot of momentum for right to repair. We have a lot of momentum for the Repair Act which is specifically about things we need in automotive industry to allow independent uh, service professionals and shops to repair these vehicles. So last week there was a hearing by a congressional subcommittee where these issues and the concerns that people have uh, were raised and the industry was advocating for this position. Next week, I believe it is, it is there's another hearing on this topic from another committee in Congress. So I think you see some of the momentum that's there. In addition, We've had the executive branch tweet in support of this, which means essentially if we can get it through Congress, we're going to get this signed. We've had the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, which is supposed to ensure competition and protect consumers. They did a report which specifically said, it's called Nixing the Fix. How's that for a name? It specifically said there are repair restrictions on vehicles, that there is no justification for those repair restrictions, and that they needed a law like ours passed for them to fully address this issue. So you see a lot of that momentum. I'll throw out one other thing. This week, NHTSA, which is the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, so our safety regulators, they issued new cybersecurity guidelines for vehicles, and they included this quote, which is that cybersecurity should not become a reason to justify limiting serviceability. Similarly, serviceability should not limit strong cybersecurity controls. In other words, they said what we've been saying for years. Mm -hmm. You can have repairability and cybersecurity. And we're committed to both as an industry. We put in the institutions 
to make that happen. So there's a lot of work that still needs to be done at the federal level. But I think the key message is the work that like Ryan and Andrea have been doing to go to the Hill, talk to Congress people, make your customers aware and get them to communicate and scan. This will land on fertile ground. And if we speak up loud enough, we have enough of those voices heard. We'll get this passed. If you run more than one shop, you know how vital it is to keep up with how each one is performing. But it can drive you crazy to log in and out of each shop's database as you try to compare KPIs. Look, stop making it hard. With Shopware's advanced analytics, you can easily pull all that data into one report. Heck, you can even set up the system to pump it out in a graph or a chart and then email it to you anytime you want. Why tax your brain before you even start looking for trends and wins to celebrate? Let the computer do the work for you. Spend less time sifting through pages of numbers. Now, once you see your business's potential right in front of you, you can take steps to make it even better. And then you can take a night off to enjoy the time you just won back. Benefit, go with the team that created DVX. My friends at GetShopware.com. As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles. And safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. Paul, are you cautiously optimistic with what's just recently happened? Uh, I think with Washington, you have to be cautiously up, cautious about anything getting passed <laughs> and getting done. Uh, but we are cautiously optimistic. I mean, Ryan said it earlier. It's a bipartisan bill. We have support from both sides of the aisle. The executive branch is prepared to sign it. The fundamentals of this is really just about American values. It is about consumer choice. It is about a competitive market. And that's really all we're asking for. We're asking people to support. And that is something that both sides of the aisle can support. So if we can get enough voices, counter some of these deep pockets on the other side, we can be successful. The next Congress is going to be critical because it's expected to be divided between parties. This is one of those few things that we can get agreement on. These Congress people need to show they're doing something. This is something they can do. They can both sides support it. This can get signed and passed. And that's our hope. That's what we're fighting for. Is this in committee or is it a bill? From my understanding, there's a bill sitting in the House. Is that correct, Paul? Yes, it is. A bill, fill in any details, but it's called the Repair Act, mm-hmm. the Right to Equitable and Professional Auto Industry Repair. And uh, it's there. And we're up to, I think, 12 co-sponsors, 13 bill. And how many do you need? Well, Ideally, we figure a hundred, yeah, at least a hundred. You figure you need a hundred co-sponsors. And if Congress changes slightly this November and in January of 2023, will that all go away, guys? 
Well, from what we found out, our belief is that there is a Republican that would step up and take on the bill. So I think there's some good news on that that part of it. So even if there's a change in uh, Congress, I, I don't think that it would just go away. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Ryan. I think now the groundswell is really beginning to, to, you know, to turn in our favor. I think with the visibility that the agricultural community has added to this equation, with the visibility that the consumer electronics has added to this equation, it is a consumer issue at this point, it's inevitable, but we still have a lot of work to do uh, getting it. Guys, will the farm component hurt this in any way? I don't necessarily think it's going to hurt it, Carm. It's a matter of if we join forces and try to create a blanket bill, if you would, that will include agriculture and automotive and consumer electronics, that's when people start to pile on and that's when pork fat begins to um, enter into the equation. So we want to try and keep it a little bit more focused towards our industry. And I just want to point out, that's well said, Bill, something that Ryan said and he's right. We have some Republicans who are very interested in introducing this in the next Congress. The current bill was introduced by a Democrat. Mm-hmm. So in these very partisan times, it again speaks to the nature of this issue and how it is really across party lines. It's again about fundamental principles that we're fighting. Yeah. Well, you said earlier, you made a comment, Paul, that it's it truly is American. And that was one of the first comments, you know, whenever we were talking to the representatives mm-hmm. that I stated, I said, I, I truly believe that as I'm here representing my business, I'm also representing the consumer. To tell a consumer that they have no choice, to me, does not, it sounds like you're you're fleecing somebody. And regardless of what we're doing, as an American, I believe competition makes us all better. Mm -hmm. And so whether that's down the road, as long as we're standing up for the right ethics and principles, there's nothing wrong with competition. Can the consumer do the QR code and go to repairact.com and fill it out? Highly encouraged. And for you to get the message out to all your customers. Yes. And are we doing that enough in our industry? I'm not sure. No, I don't believe so, Carm. And then they really are advocates for us. I mean, if you think, they're, I mean, they're choosing to walk into our stores and, and open up their checkbook and spend a lot of dollars. And, and what we don't realize is they, they really are huge advocates for us. And I think as business owners, I think a lot of business owners are maybe a little bit nervous to share the information. Andrea also coaches CrossFit. She's a trainer. And so she's kind of away from sometimes the the walls of our business. And I know she gets a different aspect of things sometimes that uh, individuals kind of open up to her a little bit more. And I know that we were just driving down the road and she had that conversation. You said, said that she was amazed at how many people come up to her. Well, just from sharing it over social media and bringing people's awareness to it, because they really just have no idea. I am a boar at the backyard uh, neighborhood barbecue. <laughs> there, go, there goes Mr. Hanvey again with the, with the data story. And every time that you tell the story, right, Ryan and Andrea, it, every time you tell the story to the consumer, they're like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. I had no idea that my car was generating this data. I had no idea that my data was being repurposed. I had no idea that your business was under threat because the, you know, the, the car makers were threatening to prohibit the access of that data. So it involves a lot of work. It involves a lot of money on our part. But what we have working for us are people like Andrea and Ryan to be able to spread this message. We have an industry of four and a half million employees, and it's uh, incumbent upon us as an industry for each of us to get involved. And we're never going to be able to outspend 
the automakers. We certainly have a sharp lobbying crew between Paul's team and my team. But what we have are, are really grassroots folks, and, and that's what's going to win the war, is the grassroots advocacy that Andrea and Ryan conduct and, and our entire industry should be conducting. I was just going to mention some stats, because you were saying that you know, consumers don't know about this when we talk about it. And here's the sad thing, is they will know about it in a few years, yeah. because they're not going to be able to get their vehicle repaired. We're really at the tip of the iceberg here, and for our customers... This is why we need to be fighting for it. Let me share a couple of stats. You know, if you look at 2020, there was only 4% of the vehicle fleet that had the type of advanced connectivity that allowed for this remote diagnostics, this prognostics, this ability for the automakers to direct where repair happened. But by 2025, almost every new vehicle will have that type of advanced connectivity. And by 2035, two-thirds of the vehicle fleet will have that type of advanced connectivity. So this issue, which has happened sometimes with certain vehicles, it's going to be everywhere. And the type of, you know, sometimes repair delays and complaints that people found getting their vehicles repaired in the supply chain crisis, that's going to look like a drop in the bucket to what we're going to have in a few years. So we need to get ahead of the curve, help them understand this and get the word out. We are that proverbial frog in a pot of boiling water. You know, that old saying, the frog's in the cold water, you turn on the heat, and it's not going to know it's boiled until it's too late. And that's what's happening to consumers. That's what's happening to the aftermarket. Let's not be frog soup. Right. <laughs> and to that point, Paul, I think that if you also look at statistics, and, and I hope I'm not wrong on these, but this is what I've read and, and looked up, is that after a vehicle is out of warranty, only 20 to 25% of the consumers are actually choosing to go back to the manufacturer or the dealership that they, you know, they purchased to. So they are actually choosing the independent after the fact of, you know, and choosing where they want to go. And as we spoke, I can, I can kind of picture it in my store of a digital billboard of, or a large poster or some kind in my, in our showrooms that state these manufacturers are holding you hostage and then a QR code that you can scan and go to that. So. We are talking why right now. Let's just jump into a little mini how. And Andrea, work with me on this, okay? We're gonna do a little brainstorming on marketing. Here's our customer, great, loyal, been, been coming to us for years. It almost begets the owner uh, that has some free time. Maybe they're working behind the scenes. Their, their team is running the business and they go up front. They spend a few hours at the end of the day while people are picking up their car and go to Mrs. Smith and say, you love coming here, don't you? You know, head shaking and, and all that. You got a you got a postcard in your hand in your back pocket with the QR code with maybe a little you know a little phrase on one or the other side that explains what this is all about and let them realize that you may not be coming here in the future. And I know how much you never really loved the dealer and and go into your spiel. It has to be yours. It can't be you know scripted. It has to be yours and pass these out. But if you just give it to someone here, could you go do this without a, a passionate explanation? To your point, Bill, there's 4 million people in the industry who could sign tomorrow, but there's millions of consumers that we support that could rally this harder than ever. Andrew, your thoughts? No, I think that's great. I think that that human to human connection is the most important thing. That's why people come into our stores and there's generations. And just like we talked about in DC with people, there's generations after generations that have been coming into our stores. And I think that that personal aspect of it, it brings it home. So I think, yeah, putting the personal side to it, saying, hey, 
this is what's going on and, and make it real for them and not just something that's going on on the backside. No one has to reinvent this wheel. We just have to make it get an easy button for this, okay? But you don't the have easier to. The better. It's already been done. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on our it's on our website. It's already done. Yeah, I know it's on Paul's website. It's, it's so. in, you know, and to that point too, and I'm not trying to, to tag anything, but it's also on the Tire Pros website. So it's, yeah. it's I know Auto Care Center's got it. And you guys have told us thank you. Thank you in also back to you because having these conversations are great. Now, obviously I, I imagine these shop owners are that are listening to your podcast, Carm, I know are probably on the forefront of, of knowledge on this item, but it really is our livelihood to what Andrea is saying. This is what puts food on our table. And so it's appreciated when I tell, tell thank you, but also thank you to our consumers for coming to our store and spending the money and give me the advantage to get back there and do that. Right. I just feel like it's something that needs to be done. It's not. And it's not only what puts food on our tables, but our employees and their families too. We have a lot of people that we worry about as well. Well, and, well, and building on that theme, the trans and we saw this when when our industry was declared essential. The, the need for people to rely upon safe, reliable transportation in order to put food on their table is incumbent upon us, and it's all part of the equation. And uh, if the consumer has to has to pay on average 30% more to go to the dealership, then that eats into the consumer's paycheck. And it's important for us to also understand the role that we play in this entire economic ecosystem and that we are preserving that as well. Some folks get uncomfortable getting involved in political things, uh, especially in today's world. And to make it clear, all we're asking is what Ryan just said. All we're asking is support in this bill and all it asks for is free competitive markets, consumer choice. And this is principles that underpin certainly our industry, but it really is the American system. And I think things that all of us can get behind. And that's all we're asking people, you know, to click on that. I know that can be a big thing for some folks or to talk about this to other folks. That's all we're asking. And I think those are things we can all get behind. So here's my idea. We're all in networking groups and 20 groups. I mean, I really know. We go to conferences. We can't talk enough about this as side notes or even as agenda items when we go to events. And, and I know for sure I belong to a couple of groups, and I'm going to be sure that we get this up and on our agenda items. So that's my challenge to you all. We'll go around the room. We'll do Ryan, Andrea, Bill, and then Paul. Okay, Ryan, uh, any final comments, my friend? Once again, Carm, thanks for having us on, each and every one of you on here. I do appreciate the time, and I know that it's also your guys' livelihood, but uh, Paul said it, it's American to, to have competition, to get out there. I know that you had brought up a lot of the tough bullet points as far as what's going on in our industry, short of workers, and this is going on. Uh, there's a lot of store owners who are part-time technician, part-time service advisor, part-time HR. They got a lot on their plate. And so if some of us in the right position right now can help those situations out and we can get those stores last in three and four generations, that's my ultimate goal. Love your passion, man. Andrea. Yeah, well, thank you again for having us. Um, like I said before, I just, if we can get more information out to people, get it in their hands, uh, make it that human to human to human, just being able to connect with them and uh, just keep it moving forward. I think it was a great opportunity getting to go to Washington, D.C. It was an honor to be able to represent some of the individuals in the industry. And so I just hope we can set, we set that ball rolling and I hope we can keep going with it. 
Okay, one of the things that I'm going to do is I promise to put the whole marketing piece bill of Right to Repair as a link, you know, to get that postcard. Again, to your point, don't reinvent anything that's already been done. All we need to do is to motivate people to do. They may know all about it, but they got to do it. Bill, thanks for being here. I know you've been everywhere. You just made time for us. So thanks for being here. Any final comments? Speaking of just being everywhere, it occurred to me we were talking about our community uh, earlier and, and engaging our community. This is a global community. I was just in Germany and uh, you know and attended a right to repair workshop with associations and, and members that are around the globe. So this is not isolated here in the United States. This is an industry initiative and um, you have the support of your respective associations to help you, Ryan, Andrea, everyone that's listening to be able to spread our message because we provide such a great service to America and it's time to step up and really be Americans and get involved. Well, thank you for representing us on the world stage. Thanks again, Bill. And Paul, your final word. <laughs> well, I'd just like to say, I think Andrea and Ryan are frankly my heroes to go out and get the word out in their shops and to their customers. That's exactly what we need to do. And this is not easy. Getting anything done in Washington is challenging. And if we don't do this, it is not an exaggeration to say the future of the independent aftermarket is at risk. So what Andrea and Ryan are doing is what we all need to do. And we can't underestimate our power because there are so many of us and there are so many customers, hundreds of millions of people in the U.S. who rely on us to get to work, to get to school, to get to church, to do what they need to do. So if we can mobilize, if we can speak up, we will win this. So thank you for what everybody does. Well said. Uh, Paul McCarthy, CEO of the Automotive Aftermarket Suppliers Association, AASA. Bill Hanvey, CEO of Auto Care and husband-wife team. Ryan and Andrea Goff, Rogers Tire Pros and Auto Care, Caldwell and Meridian, Ohio. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Take care, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.